Welcome to The Bent Times. I'm Matthew. And I'm Catherine. Today we are talking about the Nibs.com merger, trying out new papers, and 2021 pen shows. Hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty tired, good. but happy to be recording with you. What's going on? Not much. I had my kiddo all weekend, and um, we had a pretty busy weekend, and then um, I vegged out on the couch tonight, watched a movie, and ate some Brussels sprouts. I feel like that is the perfect summary of, like, hashtag dad life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I really love Brussels sprouts, so um, I make these really good ones that are... Brussels sprouts and bacon with this honey, um, horseradish, mustard-like sauce that I put on them, and it's pretty pretty awesome. So yeah, so made those for dinner, watched a great movie, Concrete Cowboy. Uh, for anybody out there in listener land that hasn't seen it, it's a phenomenal, uh, based on a true story movie that um, has a... Super, super great cast and an incredible story. So absolutely 100% worth the watch. It's beautifully filmed. It's beautifully told. Incredible movie. Sounds great. I'm going to have to watch it if it was something that you yep. thought was notable. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's super great. How about you? What's going on with you? Well, today I basically laid in bed all day and had cats touching me. I shot a wedding yesterday, so um, while Matthew and I have delved deeply into film photography, I still shoot digital for certain projects, especially when I shoot for people. Um, So I did the wedding of another physician who was in training when I was in training, and it was delightful, other than the fact that it poured rain for like six hours of their wedding day. And not like it was raining, but like it was huge water droplets straight down but also like that misty kind of rain that blows sideways so everything was just completely soaking wet Mm -hmm. so it was a delightful time and I realized how old I am on the day after I shoot a wedding because I'm like I feel like I'm hungover I didn't drink anything yesterday I feel like I'm getting sick and Matthew's like you say this after every wedding (laughs) yeah I mean yeah it's a lot of work to shoot a wedding I think people Mm -hmm. underestimate how hard photographers work at weddings because you it's different than other photography Uh, so when I shot food um, especially for restaurants or architecture most of the time I was shooting at my own pace Uh, especially with architecture it was hey here are the homes we need shot go out and shoot them let us know when you're done lock up when you leave kind of thing Um, sometimes there would be a director or something on on site um but then for um, for food stuff, you know, I was sort of at the mercy of the chef, the kitchen staff, right. whatever, prepping um, the dishes and, you know, food stylist, whatever. But with weddings, you're, you're on from the moment you get there yep. until the moment you leave because weddings yeah. are so... Fast-paced. Um, yeah, they're fast-paced. And then there's so many important events that happen. So there's you know, this new trend or sort of recent trend probably in the last 10 years of like the first look. And then there's, you know, toasts and guys getting ready and gals getting ready and mom arriving and dad arriving and flowers and cookies and cakes and food and whatever. It's just such a, um, it's just such a choreographed day, but everything is Mm -hmm. happening in like 15 different places. And so, Shooting weddings solo is not something I would ever want to do. Um, maybe like a really small wedding or like a backyard wedding, something like that. But um, a wedding at any respectable venue is going to requires multiple people to shoot it properly. Well, and you're always like looking at your watch, being like, okay, like in five minutes we need to be at this place, and in ten minutes we need to do this thing, and we need to be here for this thing, and I need to make sure I get this photo and whatever, and like when it's pouring down rain, like your whole plans for where you were going to take portraits and, and bridal party shots was like completely out the window. So it was very weird and fragmented. And like a lot of the way I normally work was completely not 
how I could work. So everything I'm used to doing, because I've shot a lot of weddings by myself, was like completely not that way yesterday. <laughs> and yeah. I just kept texting you and being like, I wish you were shooting this with me because it was just like, ugh. Yeah, it's strange and- too because um, weddings are a funny thing where like if you miss something, like if you miss the first look or if you miss the bride, you know, like hugging her dad for the first time after she puts on her wedding dress or whatever, it, right. it, like they won't wait and be like, oh, wait, the photographer needs to be here to capture this. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. you got to do this because we got to do this other thing. And if you miss it, then right. it's like you're like. You basically you know, have to your, be your glued name is mud, to right? the so. bride. Yeah, you have to be like following the bride around the entire day. And like when you leave her to go to the groom to like do groom's shots, you're kind of like, oh, God, don't do anything <laughs> while I leave you for 20 minutes. And then it's like you're just glued to her, following her around. Like I was afraid to pee, you know, that yeah. something would happen while I was peeing. And, like, I think I feel so shitty because, like, I'm just so dehydrated from, like, the whole day. And there's a ton of, like, physical stuff that goes into it, like, squatting. Every time I shoot a wedding, it's, like, where I'm squatting in the front row, like, in the aisle waiting for the bride to walk down the aisle where I go, no, (laughs) this isn't it. it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) It also doesn't help that you use pretty high-end gear that is very heavy, so... Yeah. Um, it's funny, like the the last wedding that we shot together, or the first wedding that we shot together, the first and last. Um, hey, we're going to shoot again. I shot, you know, with that little Fuji mirrorless body and these little tiny lenses. And I was like, holy Great. cow, this is, this is cake. Like I can carry this stuff around all day and not feel it. And you're over there shooting with multiple pro bodies and huge lenses. And yeah. I, I get why a lot of wedding photographers are transitioning to mirrorless, especially Fuji with their little tiny lenses. Like they're giving up that little bit of extra shallow depth of field um, that you get from fast glass on a full frame camera. But man, it makes life so much easier to have a camera that only weighs a couple pounds. I think if I did weddings like more regularly and was like a full time wedding photographer, I would not do what I do currently with my gear now like my cameras that I use are you know pro canon bodies they're amazing I love them they're so good but they weigh so much I only did one body yesterday instead of two and I still feel like death today so anyway (laughs) hopefully you get to feeling better soon it'll be fine I'm just guzzling carbonated water I make a I make water out of a soda stream because for some reason, like still water makes me want to throw up. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. the drama. There's a. I anyway. saw a. I saw. I don't see commercials anymore because I don't have cable or whatever. But right. um, I see advertisements on YouTube, and there was a Mio the f- water flavored yeah. drop things that said something like "water tastes like water." Like let's make it not kind of thing, and I thought <laughs> that was like. The funny, like the most like accurate, it's like water tastes like water. And you like, you hear that and you're like, well, duh. And then you're like, okay, like it may make yeah. sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's like, you want to be drinking water because like, that's what our bodies need, you know? That's yeah, what exactly. our bodies need. <laughs> I'm in the middle of so, watching Shit's Creek. So if a little Alexis happens, just go with it. It's fine. I finished, I finished Shit's Creek this morning. I low-key want to get a fifth cat just to name him David. So Mm -hmm. I can be like, ew, David. (laughs) Don't do that. Mm -mm. (laughs) That's a bad idea. Matthew's whole face just went like, please, God, don't don't get another cat, you crazy person. (laughs) Yeah. Can't keep up with the four But, like, wouldn't that be funny? If you you get a dog, will you name him David? So we can be like, ew, David. (laughs) No. 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 I might name him uh, Roland. Oh my god. <laughs> you would get a dog that was a Roland too. So Matthew's yeah. finished with it and when I finish it we'll do that as our character carry. So A A plus on that one. For all of you who recommended it. Thank you because I love it. Yeah. Anyway, so do you want to talk about our first topic, the Nibs.com acquisition? According to Nibs.com's blog, they are becoming part of the pen family, quote, the innovative group of pen brands guided by Emmanuel 
Calta Grioni. The Cal- pen Caltagir- Caltagironi, I think it's, is it Caltagironi, Caltagironi? I think it's G-I-R, right? Not G-R. I, it's I, not Grioni, I, right? Is it Gironi? I don't G- know. Anyway. Italian name. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The Penn family. The nibs.com is now part of the Penn family and some sort of merger of unclear business implications, but John Modisha and the Penn family are now together. Yeah, and I think the biggest takeaway from that is just, you know, that John Modisha is staying on at nibs. And, you know, as of right now, nibs is still the exclusive. retailer for Nakaya in North America. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I've, I don't um, shop a lot with nibs.com. Just they're, uh, they're, for me, their prices just aren't good enough. I mean, if, you know, I, I just, if I'm going to buy something new, I'm going to buy it from the best, you know, where I get the best price. And, you know, their prices are always on par with other retailers typically. Um, but if, if, if I'm not buying Nakaya, I'm buying it from whoever's going to give me the best price. So basically whoever's got a coupon code, um, at the time. But, um, I know a lot of people, you know, have had Madisha do work for them and there was some maybe worry that he was not going to be staying on, but, um, but looks like he'll stay on. So as of right now, I think nibs.com will continue business as usual. I really hope, um, because during the COVID when, um, shipping came to a sort of a standstill and, and things slowed down, especially in Asia, um, nibs.com's Nakaya offerings dwindled to just about nothing. I mean, they really don't have They've got a couple of really high-end pieces, and I think they've got some roller balls or ball points or something, and it might be like a desk pen or two, and that's it. And um, I've never seen their stock this low, and I've been talking to Nakaya people who who are saying it's shocking the, how low their stock is. Yeah, and so I don't know if it's just that Nakaya doesn't have anything available, or that Nibs didn't have the capital to buy more pens, and so you know if it's the latter, then maybe this partnership or joining of forces with Penn, the Penn family um, will create sort of the some an influx of cash that they need to restock and yeah. and sort of fill their coffers with Arushi with pens. <laughs> pens. Um, and if not, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really curious how it's going to impact the other Penn family brands distributions too and you know I know that people like having pens worked on and have their nibs tuned and stuff so I think having you know John Madisha involved with you know the pen family brands and maybe being able to you know do some QC for the ASC brands and those higher end brands so that they come to you perfect in writing exactly how you want them is like a really cool potential opportunity for for the pen family. I don't actually know what brands they carry besides Armando Simone Club. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not real familiar with them, but but I do know that there are a couple of retailers um that so so it's interesting when a distributor becomes a retailer because yeah. they have you know it's kind of interesting like a weird there's a weird thing there's a weird dynamic that happens with that because it's like mm-hmm. do they keep all the best stuff for themselves do they hold on to all the limited releases do they not let other retailers sell their stuff so that you know people have to buy them from them um mm-hmm. there's it's not I mean, it's not a conflict of interest per se because the, they're the distributor, they're the retailer, they can do what they want with their product. But I will be curious to see how it affects anybody else who carries any any of their pen lineup, um, you know, moving forward. It's Armando, Simone Club, Bexley, Conway, Stewart, Oldwin, Paris, and Wall Eversharp. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize Bexley was part of that. Okay. Um yeah, that's that's pretty huge because that, that's a big group of pens that are now mm-hmm. retailed by the distributor. Um, hmm. 
Interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So, um, I'm hopeful that this is a positive, you know. Yeah, I I just, I, I I have to, I hope that, yeah, that's the same. I, I feel the same way. I, I, I I'm trying not to be negative or make any sort of assumptions or connotations about it before we see what's going to happen. Um, hopefully it keeps, keeps pens moving and keeps the hobby going, uh, for anyone who's interested in any of the pen family brands. And then, you know, Nibs is a distributor for, or a retailer rather, um, outside of Nakaya, they retail what, like Pelican, Aurora, all the big pilot, sailor, tons of big brands. So, um, so hopefully that, that will maintain as well. And, um, I know a lot of people have bought from nibs.com in the past. I know early on in my pen journey, I bought a Pilot Custom 74 with uh, maybe a Cursive Italic from them. Um, and then I also bought one of the Pilot Falcons with the Spencerian modification done by John Modishaw. And I know a lot of people do go the nibs route because they can buy a pen, have it worked on, have it shipped to them, sort of a one-stop right. shop. And so, you know, if, if I worry that with the pen family offerings being available at nibs.com, that maybe people would go there so they don't get a pen and then have to send it right back out to a Nibmeister. So be curious to see what happens. I don't know. And a your first Nakaya came from nibs.com. Your Kikio. It did. Yeah, my Kikio Blue. Yep. So, um, yeah. I just hope it is good for us for accessibility for Nakaya because that's the brand that they currently offer that I care about the most, obviously. And right. as it currently stands, um, I don't really need them to be more accessible because, like, uh, <laughs> I don't need Nakayas to be accessible to me in any way. <laughs> but I hope they're accessible to everybody else and stay that right. way, you know. Um, yep. I, I, I find, um, easily just pushing purchase and having it in three days is a big problem for me. So the harder it is for me to get the better. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, so. Yeah. I ordered of- a Nakaya from Nibs a long while back. This has been a, maybe a year, a couple of years ago, a few, several years ago. Um, and you know, they told me it was going to be there in three months and then, six months passed and then nine months passed and then a year passed. And, you know, they were basically like, we have no idea when we're going to get it, but Hey, we'll, you know, we'll charge your card when it, when it gets here. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't want you to surprise me with a, like an $800 charge. Right. right, right. And so at some point in the future, like no and, like warning, overdraft just like... my bank account. Yeah. Like, right. so, <laughs> so I ended up just canceling the order because they just couldn't tell me when it was going to be there. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but, but having them in stock is the, is the dangerous part, especially with that two day shipping upgrade or whatever. It's like Nakaya on prime. (laughs) I find like something that really helps like calm my impulse spending is like when it's actually hard to get. Because like the thing that a lot of, um, people will say for ADHD people who have impulse control issues aka me um they say like put the item you want in your cart but like don't check out and then like leave it and if you come back to it and you like remember that it was still in there and you want it in like two days then you can get it and like that works for me and I like leave stuff in shopping carts everywhere like it's great uh it works really well to help like calm it down so when pens are like harder to get like it takes a little bit longer I actually have to think about the purchase and that's more helpful for me instead of just being like yes I like it click you know right so (laughs) but anyway speaking of things that took me a while to acquire my sailor black cat came finally yeah do you love it it's it's awesome I mean I know I said what I said about the prices of sailor and I still stand by it I think that that pen is amazing. It's black, but it's kind of almost like a dark gray. It's a little translucent, a little bit sparkly. The finials are translucent yellow. They totally match Harry's eyeballs. It's really cool. It's such a neat pen. Is it a 600 and whatever dollar pen? No. But do I love it? Yeah. Am I going to sell it? No. 
And CY put a nag grind on for me, and he did kind of an older style. Um, his newer styles are a little bit sharper, but I asked him to do, like, a really forgiving and, like, smooth one for me. And holy moly, it's so good. I love it so much. It's by far my favorite grind from him. And I've only had it for, like, two days, and I just want to, like, write a novel with it. So totally worth should. it. I nobody wants to read what I have to say. Maybe you write a novel. We I'm not toasty treat here. I don't have those those novel writing skills that she does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I work on some. I work on bad some uh, book covers and interiors for some pretty bad novels. So if they can do it, <laughs> you can do it. Maybe that'll be my 2022 practice, like plan all. I'll write a terrible novel about a physician stuck in the middle of a global pandemic. You know, they say write what you know, right? Yeah, don't write about that. We all we all know. We've all seen the news over and over. I know. We've been we've been beaten over the head with it. So Yeah. When it started, maybe... like I was journaling thinking, Oh, maybe somebody will want to read this someday or my kids will be interested. No. Like I could literally put it in the fire and I would probably be more cathartic. <laughs> yeah. I won't yeah, write, because it's like a saucy, write a saucy novel about a, I don't know, doctor that gets, like, kills people or something. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I do love true crime, but like, yeah, I don't know. Do like a true crime novel. I just don't your, feel like my brain is pen. like twisted enough. I don't think. No, I don't think I can. Enough. <laughs> You've read, an, you've like, read enough serial killer memoirs or whatever to <laughs> put something together. I mean, I am so about, in a serial killer uh, book club, so. <laughs> how about the, so you, you've you got a little mystery going on with your vanishing points. Oh, yeah. So maybe some of you know, but I have been really interested in the pilot Namiki vanishing points that are rodden so there are three of them water stripe water surface or it's like rodden stripe water surface and galaxy and i've loved them for a really long time and um i purchased one used from a person in asia i forget which country but um about a year ago was it in was it a guy in singapore i think he was from singapore yeah Thanks for helping me remember where I get my pens from. <laughs> so yeah. I because that was um, the same guy you got the the gray omas from. I'm pretty sure he was correct. in Singapore. I thought so, but I didn't want to like say that and just be wrong. But anyway, so I bought this the Galaxy, which was the third one of the trio that I was able to acquire, which is actually funny because it's my favorite of the three. So it's you know a black vanishing point, but it's black Arushi lacquer, and it has these little tiny like pieces of rod and sort of speckled throughout it. So it kind of looks like how the Platinum Galaxy Starlight looks, but it's just in the middle section. So like closest to the knock at the back and closest to the tip are not covered in rod and. So I'll put pictures in the show notes. I'll link to my Instagram because I'm going to post about this um, in the morning. But there is like this old style and there's a new style. And so the old style galaxy from like 10 15 years ago was really tiny pieces of rotten lots of dust like super speckly lots of tiny tiny pieces the new galaxy within the last maybe five years are larger pieces of rotten significantly larger so fewer pieces more like giant chunks relative to the old style and i bought one that is branded Namiki, which should be an older one because at some point in the last few years, Pilot took former like Namiki branded, those were under the Namiki brand and now they're under the Pilot brand, which is like a funny thing that happened, but I can get it because all the other vanishing points are Pilot's. But so the big chunky one is branded Namiki, but I saw another one for sale that looked to be the old style Rodden, but it is branded pilot and i'm very confused and i have no idea what's going on anymore so you have two galaxies i have two galaxies yeah which one are you gonna keep i I don't know (laughs) i'll post 
I'll post pics because like the one that has the old style branding is looks like the new style rotten and vice versa. But they're both beautiful. They're lovely. Do you think you're going to have the other one? I mean, we'll see. I have mixed feelings about the vanishing point. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about the vanishing point, but I really like the I really like the galaxy rod and so mm-hmm. I might be able to put my feelings aside. For the I mean, sparkles. I have a vintage vanishing point that's one of my favorite pens um, because it's so comfortable to use. It's just the more modern vanishing points I think are overly large and have this weird. It feels like they just like slapped the clip on the side of this retractable pen, whereas the vintage style feels much more like integrated and sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to post a picture of my vintage one in the show notes to show oh, yeah. that kind of comparison. I think it's really um, kind of a fascinating thing, understanding Pilot's history with the vanishing point. So if any of you are vanishing point experts and like Namiki Pilot experts, please let us know. So CY knows a lot about vintage vanishing points, but the person that has the perhaps most amazing vintage pilot capless slash vanishing point collection is Mike Dudek at the clicky post. Really? And he's got pictures of it on his Instagram and Mm. on his clicky post blog. I don't know exactly how far back, but Mike Dudek collects pilot capless and he's got some crazy cool pieces in that collection, like stuff that I didn't even know existed. Um, and I think he's got a handful of the Muse and Murexes and stuff like that. So um, if you're That's at all cool. curious, um, see why Tokyo Station Pens is uh, pretty well versed in the vintage. He actually has one. I don't know if he ever sold that, but he had this white stripe one that was something that I was really interested in. Um, but it was outside my budget. So. Anyway, yeah, but Mike Dudek has quite the capless collection. That's where my vintage capless came from. Hmm. I think there's a retailer who goes to pen shows who always brings a ton of like rare and old capless pens, and I can't remember who it is. Uh, Crazy Allen's Pen Emporium always has a couple at his table. Yeah, it might Puts be broad Crazy nibs Allen. in them. Broad. Yeah. It might be Crazy Alan because I feel like I walked up to him and was like, I've never seen this before. He's like, you can't get it anywhere outside of Japan. It's $600, but that's a steal. <laughs> yeah. He tried to sell me on a, it was like a turquoise teal colored vanishing point at the Dallas uh-huh. show a couple years ago. And it, when you clicked it, it wouldn't stay deployed. So it would just oh, no. retract or it would stay deployed for a second. Then it would just like snap back. And so there oh, was like no. something going on with the mechanism. And he's like, you can fix it. You can fix it. Any, any modern, any modern parts to drop in and, and it's, it's got a nice broad nib on it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, Alan, but I'm like, you have this thing priced at like $550. I'm like giving you $550 for a pen that needs to be serviced. Like it doesn't make any sense. And he's like, he's like, Hey, take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. He like, wouldn't come up off the price at all. And I was like, all right, I'll leave it then. Yeah, fine, whatever. So. I think I think that's it's a it's an intense market. I think the yeah. the rare and limited edition vanishing points. Yep. Speaking of yeah. an interesting market, Shown Design is jumping into the funky materials game. Well, he's jumping into the full size fountain pen game first. I mean, up until now, he's only ever done pocket pens um, that I know of, and also watches. But um, he, yeah, so he made he released his very first full size fountain pen this past week. I had one in my cart, and I, I. Waffled on it long enough for them to sell out, and then I oh no, yeah, no, it's fine. Like I, I really didn't have the the money for it. I just it was a want, not a not a strong desire. It was like sort of a FOMO thing, and so I was like, yeah, I put it in my cart. So I'm going to give it 20 minutes. If they're gone, they're gone, and they were gone in like five. So wow, congrats um, though on the sellout. Yeah, no, he. I mean, everything he puts out is beautiful. So he does good work. Um. But yeah, he's using Ultim, which is such a cool material. Mm-hmm. John Albert uses that, thanks to me. I actually 
started kickstarted that for him um and you know kasama is doing ultim or has been doing ultim i think it's I a think cool they material were the ones who started it i think kasama was mm-hmm. the first people to do ultim that i'm aware of and then you found a giant rod and sent it to john albert and then here we are yeah, it's an interesting material. It has a weird resonance about it when you tap mm-hmm. it on itself. Um, it almost is a little bit glass-like. Um, yeah, and it's very yeah. resilient and very um, resistant. And so if you're at all into orange or amber colors and you like funky pens, like definitely will be curious when um, Ian restocks these because they look amazing. And I'm starting to see pictures of them coming in they look good yeah no i i think ultim is a cool material and there's also like black ultim or something which oh is like really dark ambery brownish black kind of i don't think it's completely solid i think it's got a little translucency to it um hmm. but yeah so there's also black ultim so be curious to see that. if people turn more with ultim it's a neat material i'm into it because i mean you're not you and I are both of the opinion of like, we want to see pens that push the envelope in some way, something that's new, something that's interesting, cool materials. Like, I love that Ian is using a newer material. Yeah. And one of my favorite design elements of the Ultim pens that Ian did is that he used these red O-rings. Mm. Um, so you've got this ambery orange yellowy kind of material that he left sort of satin and then Mm -hmm. inside of there you see everywhere he put an o-ring it's this like reddish kind of color it's pretty cool it's a really cool look got a super industrial feel to it maybe when he releases some more i'll pick one up so it's a very you pen so i'm frankly surprised you didn't jump on it but that makes more sense that you like put it in your cart and like waited and like I'm not surprised that those sold out as quickly as they did, but I'll be really excited for the restocks of those. Um, I I really like the look of the pen and the shape. So what I'm really excited about is for him to drop a couple of those in like titanium or something, I think would be a cool, (laughs) cool material. I mean, you're happy when anything is in titanium. If Ian happens to hear this, I need, I need one of those in titanium (laughs) so I can anodize it. And a compatible rollerball section to swap back and forth. That works, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much you with all of your titanium pens, right? Right, pretty much. (laughs) So speaking of things that are new, Matthew finally tried out Cosmo Airlight. So those of you who have listened know that I adore that paper. I have been harping on how much I love it. And so I picked up a Cosmo note from Yamamoto, which is, I believe, the 83 GSM, and gave it to Matthew a couple weeks, maybe a month ago, and said, here, try this. And what do you think? I don't like it. (laughs) I tried, (laughs) y'all. I tried. I don't hate it. It's a little like um, finicky for me, maybe. It's like got a weird coating on it. And like I touch my paper a lot when I'm writing because of the way that I write. I tend to keep sort of like one hand on my page and then the other hand writing to sort of keep things flat and press down because I tend to write with a little bit of a heavy hand. And so especially if I'm using folded nib or one of my modified parallels or my like owl nib or something like that. So when I'm doing lettering Mm -hmm. and stuff, I tend to sort of hold my page. Otherwise it, you know, cause the way I, it's hard to explain, but the way I write, especially in that mode, I have to keep my hand on the page. And so that paper sort of like picks up oil from my hands or maybe, resists oil from my hands either way i started seeing these like fingerprint my fingerprints showing up in the ink and i hate it (laughs) it also takes forever to dry i mean so i don't think it takes as long to dry as tomoe river and i like it but that's why there are different papers for different people and if you don't end up using that whole notebook just give it back to me because i like it you can have it back 
I have a different notebook with some paper from Japan for you from CY for you to okay. try, which you'll probably hate because it's also got a lot of sizing, aka coding. So, but you like Rhodia, and that has a ton of it. I don't like Rhodia. Oh yeah, I that's have right. Rhodia, but I you I don't, use Rhodia, but you don't not, like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I was, I have, I had a bunch of Rhodia pads, and I think maybe I found them on closeout at Michaels or something. Yeah. Michaels carried them very temporarily, Basically. and I went in one day, and they had them where they had maybe quit carrying them, and they were like, they were the blank ones, and they were only like a dollar or two per pad with their discount of the week or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. And so I picked up like five of them for ten dollars. So or much Rhodia. Something crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because most people that are, a lot of the people that are shopping at Michael's for their craft or lettering supplies or whatever, they don't, they wouldn't know good good paper if it bit them in the ass. So, <laughs> do you like Midori MD cotton? I do. Tomoe River is just my favorite. Yeah, agree. I just like it. I, I'm you not going to disagree. New with style, you. old style, whatever. Like I just think it's all great. I still love Tomoe River, but for those of you who like Cosmo Airlight, Masubi launched folios in Cosmo Airlight. Yay! I love his folios because the idea is if you don't want to spend, you know, 90 to $100 on a notebook, you know, that's bespoke and custom and it supports artisans and whatever, but like you don't want to do that because you just use it and then it's like done you can buy the folios which are like 30 to 35 dollars and then he's going to release covers for them so you can like invest in like one nice cover that's bespoke and artisanal and whatever but then as you go through the notebooks like you can swap them out which is really cool and those are coming out like later this year or next year i believe and so now the folios come in tomoe river bank paper and cosmo airlight and i'm stoked about it and he released a new like line system and grid system and they look amazing and I need to pick some up. But I'm just kind of waiting because I have a whole fort worth of Masubi notebooks currently and I need to like chill on that. So, you yeah, know. There's a big old stack in your office you need to get through. I still have one I haven't opened yet. The one I gave you? Mm-hmm. Like a year ago? Yep. <laughs> So speaking of new paper, I did finally try out new paper myself. Um, I tried out the limited edition paper from the well-appointed desk, and I'm so sorry it's already sold out. But it was this old stock of typewriter paper that Anna found and repurposed into these pads, like A5-ish size pads. And I think she just called it like vintage typewriter paper. And a ton of people are going on about how much they love it with their fountain pens and it's like really fountain pen friendly paper and I did not find that to be the case I did not like the texture of it at all or really enjoy writing on it but I bought it because it was vintage typewriter paper and I thought hmm this might be perfect for my typewriter to type a5 size letters because currently I only have a4 size typewriter paper and sure as heck it's perfect with my typewriters <laughs> that's awesome it's kind of a unique size for for a typewritten note. It fits in mm -hmm. your little envelopes and stuff, right? So, I think that she she cut the paper that they found into A five. Like it didn't come as A five. I think they made it into A five, which okay. I'm excited about because yes, you're right. It's a better size for like my snail mail, and I have a new typewriter coming this week. I've been paying it along and along for a while, and it's a fully restored. Olympia SM3, which is what I already have, but the one I currently have is its original paint job in gray with this Congress font, which is like a akin to like a Times New Roman kind of font. And the new one I have is fully painted in like two-tone pink, like super like high gloss automotive paint basically. And it's cursive. It types in cursive. <laughs> I'm so excited. So those of you who write me snail mail may get actually typewritten notes for the next like few months because I'm just so jazzed about the typewriter. It's <laughs> awesome. I'll typewrite you a letter. You want one? Sure. I'm not going to respond. I know you hate snail mail, snail mail but yes, I'll, I'll type send you a postcard. You I got a bunch of postcards. I'll send you one of those. 
<laughs> okay. No pressure. You don't have to reply to me. But yeah, so that's fun. That's fun. The typewriter thing. It's exciting. I like new paper or old paper. I'm just like such a paper paperaholic. Paper's like my favorite part of the game. I think that's how I got into pens was because I was finicky about paper always and that sort of spawned the love of, of stationery. But like I, I've been a paper person forever. Yeah, I'm not really a paper person, so I'll just change my pen to suit the paper. That's like <laughs> at work. We do a lot on cheap cheap copy paper, and so I just always keep a standard pen with me so that I can write on cheap copy paper. So, But yeah, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to try out some of these other papers. Just I don't want to try them out enough to buy them, so we'll get back to pen shows. Hey, well, next time you're here, I'll, I have most of the papers. You can just try them when you come over. Yeah. But speaking of pen shows. Yeah. I see what so you did I think there. I think we're going to go. I think I'm going to ride up to a Triangle Pen Show in June at least for one day. Probably just like go up early Saturday morning cuz they're only a few a couple hours away from me, two and a half hours or something. Um so I can run up, spend several hours and then come back uh, is probably what I'll do. I don't know that I'll get a hotel because um, I have to like find a dog sitter and do all that. So it's an added expense. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where what's happening in June. Uh, by that time, I may need a full on break and head up there for the whole weekend. So um, and then Chicago is in September and I'm planning on that one as well. Because I've never done that one. I think it's um, exciting to think about pen shows coming back. I do really hope that by the time they're happening that it's really safe for them to be happening. Because, you know, we haven't hit herd immunity yet in the United States. But I do hope that they go well and are safe. I I think they will be. I mean, I think even... Last year, you know, there was some discussion of pen shows coming back and they were they were already trying even then to figure out ways to make them safer by either limiting hands on or, you know, letting people in in small groups or, you know, there was, you mm-hmm. know, social distancing masks, not handling pens, or if you did handle a pen, it would then be sanitized for the next person to handle it. So sure. I feel like you know, all of the, yeah, yeah. And all of those sort of 2020 cautionary measures or precautionary measures coupled with the fact that a lot of people are going to be vaccinated by the fall, Mm -hmm. um, should, should make for a fairly safe experience. I think, um, I mean, I think, you know, just continue to use common sense, wash your hands, wear a mask, wear a mask. You are fully vaccinated now, right? I am fully vaccinated. I got my second shot last Tuesday. Um, I have not um, developed a taste for brains yet. So I think (laughs) the zombie theory is false. Unless I just haven't gotten that far yet. Um, Did your 5G kick in yet? Mine took about three weeks for the 5G to kick in. The Well, the government has known about me for years because I used to work for the federal government with a secret clearance. And so <laughs> they've, they've known all They already knew about you. For a decade. More than a decade. <laughs> 15 years. You no, can't really be off Shit. the grid. 17 years. Yeah. So you old. I, yeah. I had, a, I had a secret clearance with the Navy and... And then I've had a cell phone, a smartphone, since the first iPhone came out. I had a BlackBerry before that. So, um, you know, I figure between smartphones, history of government employment, and uh, various social media over the years, from MySpace to Snapchat and everything in between, I'm pretty well on the freaking grid. So... You want to put the nanobots in my in my body? <laughs> put them in there. There are no nanobots in the vaccine, just so I'm very clear. There are no nanobots. There's no 5G. Spoken very like disappointed. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so we are planning to both be in attendance to the Chicago Pen Show in September. 
you know, obviously assuming like everything is going well by then, but like, yes, that's my home show, the show I've gone to the most and the place I went to my first pen show. So, and I've never stayed over there. Like I've, I've been to it, but I've never stayed over. So I'm excited because I think you're going to love it. It's a super cool show. It's huge. And it's really a nice little hotel and there's a ton of food really close by as compared to some of the other shows where you have to like drive or catch an Uber, like walk like forever to get to food. It's like in a really nice little area. It's not really in Chicago. It's very much northwest of like Chicago proper, but we could probably figure out a way to stop in downtown on our way back. I'm assuming you're driving with me from Indy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. So if you guys want to do see us in person, we are planning to attend Chicago. So fun. We just passed um, the two year anniversary of meeting in Atlanta, and I was very bummed out about it because that was last week. Oh yeah, Atlanta would have been last week. Maybe next year. Maybe next year Atlanta will Atlanta will return. I have like so many good feels about Atlanta, but I mean, I've only been the once. <laughs> It's a cool show. That I like that show. I like the. I actually really like the Triangle show because it's very small and very manageable and not overwhelming mm-hmm. at all. Um, I'm jealous that you might get that you're gonna probably go to that one. Like I don't think I can go to that one. I want to go. Can you take me? Ugh. Why did my vaccine not come with teleportation? I'm so sad. Yours didn't. <laughs> no. Can you teleport oh. and take me with you? I. Well, you have to have you have to be able to teleport. I can't bring you back. Dang it! Yeah, my my, I got I got the teleportation. I was really hoping for the zombie one though, because mm. that would have just been fun. I'm I'm so so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we will finish out this episode by answering a couple questions from you guys on Instagram. So these are actually really interesting and relative to. Well, we've been talking about, so the first one is from Mark or Pengeist on Instagram, and he asks, besides nibs.com, are there any other places to pick up a Nikaya? Good thing Indeed. you asked. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Um, go, you can answer it. Um, yes, yeah, so you can buy from uh, Nikaya directly. Um, Aesthetic Bay in Singapore uh, has... Uh, selection of Nakaya, including their exclusive, which is the Long Piccolo. Uh, that would be the only thing going way back up to the top. Um, with the Nibs.com acquisition, I if for some reason Nibs lost the Nakaya exclusivity, I would wonder if the... Um, what's the shape? It's, it's slipping my mind. The Nakai, if it would go with them. Anyway, I'd be curious about that. Um, but yeah, Aesthetic Bay. So Nibs has the Nakai as an exclusive shape. Aesthetic Bay has the Long Piccolo as an exclusive shape, which is a phenomenal pen. My favorite um, that shape. Size and, that size and shape is stupid good. Um, it's my and then there are, you know, you can, there's forums, there's pen shows, there's, you know, buy, sell, trade groups, Reddit, eBay, whatever, where you can acquire. Um, Nakaya stateside as well. Mm-hmm. And so. a lot of our favorite resellers who do that um, do post often on places like Fountain Pen Network, which I'm not a part of, but apparently has a rockin' buy-sell section. I should probably check that out. Or shouldn't. Yeah. Shouldn't. Definitely shouldn't. I mean, I've seen some Nakayas pop up even on eBay. If you do, if you go on eBay and search Nakaya, I mean, mm-hmm. you'll you're bound to find something. So there, there are there are other places to get them. Um, and I do and know our bud Rick is planning to be at Chicago, Ohio, and maybe DC this year, and he will have a table of Nakayas. Yeah, and then you know, depending on availability. So I know. COVID sort of has made everything weird. Um, right. So in the before times when, you know, maybe there was more stock available or at least more regular production of things like Nakaya or Rare Sailors or Pilots or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, typically on the secondhand market, unless it was something super, super rare, you could get them for less than retail. But because... Um, 
you know, because things have slowed down, it's sort of like Conid, right? Like Conid sort of just went complete radio silent other than, I mean, they've emailed out to, to subscribers and stuff, but they haven't made a pen in like almost two years, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because they're brilliant manufacturers and I'm sure they're talents are better utilized in the medical field than they would be in the pen field. But conids have gone through the freaking roof, like on the secondary right. market. I mean, a pen that would cost 450 or $500 new is selling for a thousand, twelve hundred dollars whatever. Um, sure. and same thing with Nakaya. So right now is probably not the best time to buy a Nakaya on, on the, the used market, market, unless you find someone who doesn't care that they're worth a little more because of scarcity and just wants to flip it to get something else or get rid of it to make room for something else. Um, but most people in the pen world are very Not familiar with that. what the market is doing. And um, they are asking what the current market will bear. And so right okay. now is not a great, pl- a great time to buy them secondhand. Um, but if you can find them from direct from Japan, you can get them basically at retail plus whatever it costs you to import them if you're in Europe or something like that um, or in the U.S. You have to pay the pay the shipping, the extra shipping on it, and then wait the uh, wait the requisite however many weeks. But I will say most high-end pens coming from Japan are shipped DHL by like two-day. Right. I haven't had to wait for anything from Japan um, that I've bought that's been, you know, more than a couple hundred bucks. I just... Um... I would caution you if you're looking to buy a Nakaya that it's a very slippery slope where you think, oh, I'm not going to buy multiples of this caliber of pen. And then all of a sudden you look at your pen collection and realize what you've done. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a Nakaya. Danger Will Robinson. Week. Yeah. I'm bad. It's my, it's my, it's my Achilles heel. I told you about the Nakaya yeah. I have coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much for not buying any pens and contentment. I am so content, much. but this is one that I agreed to buy like months ago, and I've been like paying along and along for. So I I bought a, a Nakaya Long and Ama Iro. She's so content, guys. It's a retired finish. Ama Iro is like my favorite, and it's a retired finish. You can't get it. They're super hard to find because they weren't there weren't a lot of them made. It's that like baby blue color, and I'm obsessed. And you can't find them. You just can't get them. And anyway, there's a there's an Ama Iro Piccolo on eBay right now. What? You're joking, right? <laughs> I just pulled out my phone, like ready to like put that shit on credit. Don't do that. Don't put your your pens on credit. But like. There it goes, people. There's the, see all that contentment. <laughs> okay, I'm content, content except is. the Amaero. I want it in every single shape <laughs> because I love that finish, and you can't get it. And I, anyways, he, I, I've been, I've, I've been planning this purchase out for like months now. So it's not like, it's not like a impulsive thing. Your nail polish looks so good. Sorry. Thank you. My daughter did it. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter painted my fingernails. Um. Anyway, so yes, there's a lot of ways to buy them. You can purchase directly, etc. And the last question is from our friend Jane on Instagram, cjanestitch, c.jane.stitch. She is the amazing embroidery artist that we have raved about in the past. Not machine embroidery, hand embroidery. Hand embroidery. Very different, and she is phenomenal. She's amazing, and we both have pieces of hers in our houses, and like legit want more of them mm-hmm. she's so good she still anyway hasn't raised her prices she needs to raise her prices she's so good oh my gosh jane you're amazing anyway i want more florals and just all of the things from you anyway um she asks once it's safe to travel internationally where do you want to go first i'd really like to just go back to juarez you know <laughs> no you don't want to go to juarez really no. I was like, you don't want to go to Juarez. No, I went to Juarez once. It was not fun. So um, for, go ahead. Do you want to go first? You can think about it. Yeah, I have to think on it. I would like, there's a, a, a couple places. So Tokyo, obviously. I'd like to go to TIPS, the Tokyo International Pen Show, see our friend CY over there, have a good uh 
time exploring all of the shops and getting into serious trouble. But like that's going to have to be something I plan for and set aside like dollars for and budget for. Um, So Tokyo is one. Oaxaca is another. I'd like to see my friend Kate. And she says that you can like stay in a beach house for like very, very affordable dollars in Mexico. And I would like to hang out with her and, and drink coffee. I think that'd be really fun. And I also really want to go to this resort that a bunch of my colleagues have gone to in the Dominican. That's just like chill, adults only, all inclusive. You just like lay around and just relax. So that and then England because I don't know. I just want to go there. So I'm going to have four international trips planned like immediately. (laughs) Not really because like money, but I would, those are the places. What about you, Matthew? I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm just not that interested in international travel for some reason right now. Like I've been watching all these, um, film photographers on YouTube exploring the United States. And I just feel like there's a lot here that I want to explore. I do want to go to Canada. I do. Mm -hmm. I would like to go to Canada. Um, and you know, Banff. hit, yeah, hit some mountains there. And then I, I watched this photographer today who shot near the very northernmost point of New Zealand at these incredible sand dunes. And I would love to go there. Ooh, cool. It was like otherworldly phenomenal. Well, if beautiful, I go to Oaxaca, beautiful. I'm dragging you with me. And if I go to Tokyo, I'm dragging you with me. Yeah, I could, I could do that. But I, as like, long as CY would like not make me eat weird sushi. I like sushi, but I don't like certain sushis. And I will not like, oh, just try it, bro. You'll like it, bro. You're going to love it, bro. Just try the sushi, bro. No, don't put <laughs> sea urchin in my mouth. That's nasty. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have recorded that with the <laughs> in it. <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep you out. <laughs> I don't want sea urchin. <laughs> I tried it once and it made my like it made my skin do weird stuff. <laughs> I think that's our first f bomb on the I, show, so I'm gonna have to find a beep sound. I Here, I'll make a beep don't. sound. Hold on, beep. <laughs> I just I don't like that the texture of it, and it's like oh. <laughs> and I've never like, had it. I tried so I don't it know. once, and when I'm, I tried it once, and like it's funny, like. I mean, it's rude to spit stuff out, right? So, like, typically when you, like, eat a food that you don't like, you just, like, power through it and get it down, and then it's gone, and then you don't have to do it again. But, like, I've never wanted to spit something out so much in my entire life as I did sea urchin. And, like, you can't spit it out. It's like eating a booger. It's like this, like... Uh, It's uh, like a... Nope, stop describing it, because it makes me nauseous. I have spit food out, but it's usually because it's like meat has crept its way into something I'm eating and my body's response is just like, <laughs> Yeah, my body's response to sea urchin was, and, But I could, like, you can't, like, you have to, like, wipe it off your tongue. Oh, kind of... no, no. It sounds so bad. Stop it. I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I'll go to Tokyo. Just don't make me eat sea urchin. Okay. So. But I agree with you. We're we're going to probably end up in the Midwest this summer and I love exploring like old town America and like you've not been to Colorado. I really, you know, we talked about Colorado. that with Bryce. Well, you haven't been like out into like Estes and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the good the good stuff that you would like, like lots of little towns and the mountains and like cool scenery and stuff. Um you've only been to Denver? I've been to Denver. I've been to, yes, that's about, uh, yeah, basically. Basically. Anyway, yeah, I, I look forward to like exploring more of the U.S. Because frankly, like neither of us are going inter- to travel internationally, at least this year for sure. So right. we have plenty of months left to explore what yeah. the United States has to offer. I just, seeing, seeing, seeing the possibilities, just watching these film photographers traveling mm-hmm. the United States it's just sort of like renewed my interest in photographing where I live 
So I agree. And I, I had a blast um, shooting around Sumter and Charleston uh, and south of the border with you. So, like, I really enjoy that. And it's, you know, here. And we can drive to it and not have to get on an international plane, which makes me happy. So Cool. Anyway, right. cool. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, where can the people find you, Matthew? They can find me at heymatthew.com. And currently at heymatthew.com, under the shop, there is a product listing for the new Space Cat Retro 51. Um, and there's a little sign-up form on there where you can sign up to be notified when the pen gets released. And then... We'll talk a little more about it in an upcoming episode with an actual release date. Um, I'm working, I'm in contact with Retro to make sure that uh, Space Cat doesn't come out, you know, within 24 hours or something of another of another pen. They've got some other releases and stuff in, in the works, I think, with some other retailers. And so we want to make sure that we don't overwhelm people. So heymatthew.com slash shop. There's a Space Cat for, uh, listing under there. No, it says sold out. It's not sold out. Don't panic. Um, but if you go in into the listing for the pen, you can sign up to be notified via email blast one time only. I won't spam you. And we'll make sure that you know in advance when it's going to happen, too. Yeah. So. HeyMatthew.com. And you can also find you at LoveHaylide.com, right? Yeah. And then uh, at Love Halide on Instagram. And you can find me online at InkyCatWrites.com and at InkyCatWrites on Instagram. And you can find us at BentTimes.com and soon to be the Bent Times on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.